everybody. Welcome to another episode of One in Five from Bully to Heal. I am so excited to continue celebrating National Bullying Prevention Month by featuring one of my nearest and dearest friends, Jimmy Finizzi. Since meeting Jimmy in 2013 through the student-run television station at our alma mater, Monmouth University, I have witnessed firsthand his incredible growth from his experience as a victim of bullying. Growing up, Jimmy was targeted by bullies due to having Asperger's syndrome, which greatly affected the development of his self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-love. According to Pacer's National Bullying Prevention Center, children with disabilities are two to three times more likely to be bullied than their non-disabled peers. Despite the conversation about the connection between bullying and disabilities becoming louder over the years, only 10 studies have been conducted about it in the United States. Advocating for the justice of those who were bullied for their disabilities is critically important, not just in our country, but around the world. I am so proud of Jimmy for amplifying his voice on his social media platforms on a daily basis to show the world that not only did he win his personal battle with flying colors, but he is there to motivate others who are in his shoes to do the same. Jimmy, thank you so much for being a part of this special episode with me today. Wow. I mean, we're not even five minutes in. I feel like I'm going to cry already. But no, ser- <laughs> but no ser- ser- seriously, though, thank, thank you. Thank you so, so much, Jackie. It really is, not only is it an honor to be on this podcast, but the fact that you're doing this and what, you're, what you've been doing with this platform has been absolutely amazing. So it is an absolute honor to be on. And that might've been one of the sweetest intros I've ever heard. So I, I really can't thank you enough. And thank you for having me on. Oh, that's so sweet for you to say that. Of course, it is my honor and privilege to have you and especially to have you on as one of my best friends. We've had conversations during college when we first became friends about your Asperger's syndrome and and how that's really affected you throughout your life. As soon as I came up with this idea to start this podcast, you were one of the first people in mind I wanted to do an interview with because I knew that you would really be able to shed light, not just on Asperger's syndrome and autism in general, but also to be able to give children with disabilities some really amazing advice about how to embrace themselves for who they are and how to stand up for themselves against their bullies. That really means a ton. I, I, I can't thank you enough for saying that. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and answer these to the best of my ability. I'm ready to go when you are. Let's do this. All right, let's do it. So speaking of Asperger's syndrome, I want to start this crucial discussion by asking you if you could please describe that for me and the role that it's played for you in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, I actually just found this out not too long ago. I'm sorry to do this right off the bat on your show, but actually I found out that Asperger's is now known as Autism Spectrum Disorder. Apparently they changed it, I think it was a few years back. I, I can't recall exactly when they changed it, but I found out back in, I think back in April was when I found out. It was a little bit towards after when my birthday was. But no, to answer your question, basically, it's not really like a full-on form of autism, but it is on the spectrum. It's kind of like a socially, a social form of autism, meaning like, oh, you have, you have trouble with developing your social skills, you have trouble making friends, you know, all that other stuff. And sometimes, 
sometimes you do things that are not really ordinary, I, I want to say, if, if that's the right word to use. So sometimes, you know, with, with me, for example, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll say or do things that are out of the ordinary, sometimes in private, sometimes in front of people, and people will be like, uh, okay. Like, it'll be like that, that socially awkward moment, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, but anyway, yeah, so it's more like a, it's more like a social thing. One other part of it is that you tend to, um, you tend to talk to yourself a lot, which I am guilty of, so I've been doing it since I was a kid. I still haven't stopped. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide that fact. Um, it's affected my life in a lot of ways, you know, ever since, ever since I was a kid in elementary school, I've always had, I've always had issues, you know, trying to, trying to make friends because I, I was the type of kid that, you know, wanted to fit in with the popular crowd, you know, as, as they sometimes like to say back then. So I, I always wanted to be exactly like my friends. As far as socially and, you know, basically, well, mentally as well, it's, it's affected me a ton. I would, I would like to say that I have won it, but truth be told, I am still fighting a few demons with it. But you know what? I, I am, I'm definitely proud to say, you know, not to, not to brag or anything, but um, I definitely am proud with how far I've come from when I was a kid. I'm certainly very proud of you too. Thank you're very you. much right with what you're saying. I look at the title of my podcast, One in Five, From Bully to Healed, and one thing that I have mentioned on previous episodes is that I don't think that you can ever fully heal, but there are so many resources out there and so many ways for you to help take those steps toward it. Right. There might be some days where you feel like you're fully healed, and then there's other days you may feel like you're back at square one. But as long as you keep marching forward, which I know is one of your favorite motivational quotes to say, then <laughs> yeah. you're continuing to fight the good fight. And it's very interesting how you mentioned about Asperger's syndrome now being autism spectrum disorder. I'm very shocked at that. <laughs> I thought that I was- so, so, so was I, believe me. Right, because I can speak for the both of us when I say that I think we're both very aware of the different kinds of disabilities that are out there and we're, we keep ourselves informed about that. So I'm very surprised to hear that Asperger's syndrome is now known as autism spectrum disorder. But but believe believe me, I I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just as surprised as you when I found that. I was like, wait, that's not, that's not a word anymore. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just move along then. <laughs> well, I will do my best to remember to say autism spectrum disorder rather than- it, It's, it's, it's more than, it's, it's more than fine. Don't worry about it. I will probably just say both of them because there are okay. probably so many of my listeners out there that think that Asperger's syndrome is Asperger's syndrome and it's not right. autism spectrum disorder now. So I know you started to talk a little bit about how Asperger's and autism spectrum disorder has played a role in your life, specifically with you making friends. For you, when did your bullies first start targeting you? And when you realized that your bullies were teasing you for your disability, how did that make you feel? I believe it all started either first, no, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was second grade. It all started. At the time, I didn't really think anything of it, you know, because I was like, I was in second grade. I, I didn't know better. I was a kid. So I, I was assuming that, you know, I was I was laughing along with them for what they were saying, but I was, as, as I, as I got older around, like, I want to say fifth grade is when I started to notice 
wait a minute, they, they're laughing at me, aren't they? And when I, when I heard about that, I, I, it, <laughs> it hurt, it hurt. It, it really, really did. Um, like I said, I didn't think of any, anything of it at the time because I was in second grade. Um, but and if, if I do, if I do get a, a bit emotional talking about this, I'm sorry in advance. I forgot to mention that earlier. No, don't um, apologize at all. This is a space for you to get emotional. Thank you. This is a safe space for you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. But it, it, it just kind of hurt because, you know, I personally didn't, I didn't expect anything of that particular thing to happen to me. But as soon as I, as soon as I learned exactly what it was, you know, through actually, my mom actually would help me out understand with what was going on because she actually works with kids who do have kind of what I have, but it's more of a full on autism type of thing with most kids, but she does work with kids who do have Asperger's as well. So she, she understood, she understands what's going on and she still does. As soon as she told me what was going on, you know, I, I didn't know what to think of it. I was basically, let's just say I didn't really fit in as much as I'd like, mainly throughout elementary school. You know, high school was, high school was better, but it was still kind of on the same level because, you know, I, I think high school was at the peak point where Asperger's really started to take a toll on my life because I, I didn't really know what to do with myself. But once, once I got to college is when I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm really going to stand my ground and not take any crap anymore from all this. Like I, I, I now know where I stand. I, 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 I don't have to take this. I think it was freshman year of college when I started to realize this. And ever, ever since then, you know, I, I, I've definitely felt a lot better about it, but unfortunately it still comes back to haunt me every now and then. But you know what, like I said before, I'm, I'm very proud of how far I've come, but at, at the time it, it still, it still really hurt to think about. And it still, it still hurts to think about to this day. It really does. I can relate to you on that completely. And although, as you know, and as many of my listeners know as well, I wasn't bullied for having a disability, but mm-hmm. it's still those words that my bullies said to me or about me, they still hurt every single day. It really took a toll on my mental health. Every single day, I have to work on my mental health. It's an ongoing uphill battle for me. And I know that you and so many other victims of bullying out there can relate to that. No matter where they come from, who they are, what their background is, and what their culture is. No, yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, it, it just goes to show that um, not every not everybody's nice. It, it, that that that's pretty much the bottom line with the world today. Is that even back then when I was being bullied for what I have, is that not everybody is nice. It's a rarity you meet nice people nowadays, unfortunately. But once you do. You know, like like I eventually did with with you being one of them. Obviously, it, it really does. Um, it, it it changes your life in a way. It really really does because you start to feel you kind of start to feel a sense of of calmness, knowing that there's at least a couple of people in your life that can make you feel good about yourself. And uh, I I can happily say that you're you're definitely one of those people. And I I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me all these years. So you're sitting here saying that you're getting emotional. Now you're getting me emotional. (laughs) You really are the best though. And you have brought so much happiness and joy into my life just by simply being who you are. And I love you for it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. 
Of course. So I want to backtrack your story a little bit to like when you were in school, particularly when you were in your earlier years of school. What did you do to cope with all these emotions full of pain that you were feeling? And I know you said your mom helped you a lot, which is amazing. I also know that you're a believer in God, like many of my listeners are out there, as well as myself. So how did your Catholic faith help keep your mental health strong? I've learned to grow a lot more in my faith as I got older. As a kid, I didn't really think of it at the time, which is blasphemous to say I know, so I'm sorry, but... I was a kid. I, I didn't know any better. Basically, as a kid, you know, fa- family pretty much was my ultimate therapy. I, I went to them for, for everything, whether it be my mom, my dad, my grandparents, or whoever. Even, even my cousins definitely have helped me a ton. Even if, it was, even if it was a simple day as going to play video games with, with my cousin, that definitely helped me a lot because I could definitely, how do I describe I, I could I could I- express myself a bit more because, you know, you, you, you know how my personality is. It definitely, um, you know what they say, once you're around certain people that you care about, you know, whether it be your family, or like, like I said, who's helped me a ton when I was a kid, whether it be your close friends, your personality tends to really, really shine through. And, you know, for me, my family has definitely, definitely helped me with that through the years at school. They really have helped me. Let, they let me be me. And I really, I, I still appreciate that to this day. And, you know, like I, as I mentioned before with, um, as far as faith is concerned, you know, and back then, like I said, unfortunately, I didn't know any better, but right now I've definitely, I've definitely grown a lot in my faith. You know, as you know, I, I grew up, I grew up Catholic my whole life and I've definitely, I've, I've learned a lot about it. And I'm very grateful to God every single day I wake up in the morning and I'm very grateful that he's allowed me to to live this life. And uh, I'm definitely thankful for allowing him to let me tell my story and just let, let, let everybody else be heard. So we, we definitely, definitely need a lot more of that more than ever, especially, especially today. So to, to, to fully answer your question, family has definitely helped me a lot more in school. That's wonderful. And I love how you had mentioned about video games too, as being a really great outlet for you to express yourself. Video games for me were a great outlet for me to express myself. <laughs> I grew up playing all the Nintendo 64 games out there, Donkey Kong, yes. Mario 64, Mario yes. Kart, even the, the Mickey racing. I don't know if you ever played that Mickey Oh, oh my oh my oh my goodness are you are you kidding me absolutely that I, yes. I, I, I used to play that non-stop yes and I did as well and not that it helped me to forget everything that was going on but right. it was such an amazing outlet for me where I felt pure happiness in those moments playing those videos absolutely games. I had had many other outlets like dancing, being involved in theater. Mm -hmm. I poured myself into the service of others. I was key club vice president my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. So were there any other extracurricular activities that really helped you to realize your self-worth growing up? High school is when I was when I started to discover, discover what I really, really wanted to do to help realize, hey, this is what I could be doing for a living. And this is how I could really start to express myself. I can actually be myself while doing this. So back in high school, there was, um, and uh, I went to uh, modern day high school in uh, Middletown, New Jersey. 
back then they actually <laughs> they actually had a mini TV news station called uh, Modern Day Television or MDTV for short. I first found out about this my sophomore year. Yes, yeah, sophomore year. I was like, oh, it seems pretty cool. And I, you, you obviously, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm the shy type. So I, I wanted no part of doing that whatsoever at the time because I was like, oh my goodness, what if I, what if I go on camera and make a fool out of myself? So I caved. Eventually joined, but. I started out editing stuff because I actually really have enjoyed the editing process of TV stuff. So I, I did that first. But as I started to see my other classmates on camera doing this, I started to say, you know what? If they can do that if, and if they can mess up without freaking out the way I do, I don't see why I can't work on that. So around, around junior year, I asked my, my teacher you know, if I could possibly have an on-air shift with MBTV one day. He was like, yeah, yeah, are you kidding? Absolutely. So I think it was my third week of junior year of high school is when I got my first, my first glance at, you know, broadcasting. And yes, obviously I was nervous. I had no idea what I was doing, but thankfully there was a script in front of me. So I had kind of an idea of what to say, but as I started to do it more and more and more throughout high school, up until the time where I went to Monmouth and I worked with you at Hawk TV, obviously, and eventually through the radio station, I started to feel a lot more comfortable with myself. And I started to say, I can't let this, what I have, define who I am. In front of the camera and off camera, I, I express myself very differently. I guess you could say I have a more energetic type of personality when I'm in front of a camera or microphone because it, it, it's, something, it's something I love doing. You know, I, I, love, I love expressing my opinions about stuff, especially on my own podcast, which is what I'm doing now and on yours as well, actually. Um, but you know, just, just that energy that I felt with just being able to be myself is when I started to say, I, I, can't, let this, I can't let this define who I am anymore. I got to start getting uncomfortable so I can start being comfortable doing this. And eventually, apparently I did something right. Cause now, cause now I'm doing my own podcast. You know, I, I did stuff with Hawk TV with you. I did stuff at the radio station at Monmouth. So I guess I must've did something right. Cause apparently it, it's really helped me through all these years and it, it definitely has helped. It's definitely helped me express myself a lot more. Big time. And also it's really helped you to build your self-confidence too. I have seen your self-confidence blossom so much since 2013. And I know you had mentioned about your podcast. Why don't you tell the listeners what the name of your podcast is? Yeah, uh, basically what I'm doing now, I do my own sports podcast called The Bottom Line. I started it, she's almost four years ago. She's amazing how time flies. It'll be four years in January. It all, it all stemmed from my love of sports going back to when I was a baby. I, I grew up a big Yankee fan. I grew up a big Ranger fan and unfortunately a sad Giants fan, but I'm not going to get into all the crap about being a Giants fan. <laughs> um, but, but, but no, but seriously, um, I, I started it because I decided I needed another, I needed another outlet to express myself. Cause after I graduated Monmouth, I started to say, you know what? I, I need, I need something else. Cause if I don't have something else, I, I can't express myself. I can't let the people out there know that what I'm doing, they can do too. So that, that really kind of stemmed the idea of me starting my own podcast. So if you want to go, go subscribe to the podcast, it would really mean a ton. Um, you can find it pretty much everywhere. You can find it on Anchor. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, 
uh, Google, and even, even, even on YouTube, you can find it. That's incredible how your podcast helps you so much today with keeping your mental health in check. I think that it's so important for victims of bullying down the line once the bullying has ceased to keep their mental health in check. So I really admire mm -hmm. you for making that a priority in your life. Yeah. You know what's very fascinating to me is I recently did some research and those long-term effects that victims of bullying feel, that's actually very common. It's so common mm. that it's 27%. Oh, wow. 27% okay. of victims of bullying develop this very negative relationship with themselves. They feel very negative about themselves. Right. And it's heartbreaking. So I love that you use your podcast as an outlet. And it's such a creative and also a very unique outlet, too. You don't see that very often. It's something that I wish, you know, more people would do because if they really, if they really want to express themselves, you know, I, if you have your own thing for expressing yourself, I'm not going to stop you. But if you're, if you're having thoughts about doing what I'm doing and what Jackie's doing as well, then we really suggest that you do it because it's definitely, it's definitely a big outlet for expressing yourself a lot more. Definitely. You're absolutely right about that. So I know your podcast is kind of a step for you towards pursuing your dream of becoming a professional sports announcer and voiceover artist. So do you mind yes. just sharing a little bit about how being bullied for your disability led you to pursue that dream of yours? I wouldn't call myself a professional now, but I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> We're getting there. Um, eh, eh, just, just a little bit, a little bit, but no. Um, I guess you can say when it came to the point where it was just too much for me to take, like maybe around sophomore year of high school, I want to say, was when it was too much for me to handle. As when at, at that time, I, I, I felt really, really depressed. I didn't know what to do with myself. But once the end of sophomore year came around, I said, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely need to do something with my life. But then there was one night where I was watching... Um, I think it was a Ranger game. Yeah, it, it was a Ranger game. And I was listening to, um, I was listening to one, of, one of my personal favorite play-by-play -play guys and uh, Sam Rosen calling the game at the time. I heard him doing the game and I said, I, I thought to myself, hmm, what, what, what he's doing, that would be really, really cool to do in the future. So that kind of, that kind of inspired me to do what I'm doing now with the podcast and everything. So when I watched that Ranger game, I think... I think, ironically enough, they were playing the Tebbles. So a little bit of a uh, robbery game there. But um, yeah. up, until that, up, up until that point where I was watching that, I said, you know, I, I, definitely, I definitely felt inspired in a way. Because Sam Rosen is one of my idols. And he's one of the reasons why I, I want to keep doing this and pursue my dreams. And he's basically, in a way, because I haven't, I haven't met him personally, although it's my dream to meet him one day. But he technically has said to me, you know, don't, don't give up on this. If, if you really want to do this, just keep at it. And I, I've been following that ever since. And, uh, you know, that's also basically when I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let what was said to me, you know, affect me anymore. Cause I was, um, I was called every name of the book. You, you name it. You can pull up any word in the dictionary. That's bad. I've been called it, you know, worthless, selfish, you name it. And I was also told you're going nowhere in life, but you know, I decided, I decided then end of sophomore year, enough is enough. And after watching that Ranger Devil game, that, that really kind of set the standard for me. It's incredible to me that it took a Rangers Devils game <laughs> to 
for you to find your self worth. Out, out, out of out of all things, you you would never think it, but you know, like I said before, sports has been one of my biggest solitudes, and it's really kind of it, it's it's distracted me from everything. I, I like like you said before, you don't really forget about everything per se but you do get distracted for a little while. So it's definitely a good feeling to have when you're distracted by something like that. Definitely. So I know that, again, you kind of touched upon this a little bit when you were talking about sophomore year, how the bullying felt the worst for you at that point. Right. And as you know this personally, and I know many of my listeners out there know this as well, is that one of the main ways being bullied for having a disability impacts you over the years is that it leads you to believe that your disability defines you for who you are. I know you know Mm -hmm. that personally. Absolutely. But since then, you've learned that this is the furthest thing from the truth. So tell me, what would you say to young children whose bullies cause them to believe that their disability defines them for who they are, for their hearts, their level of intelligence, their sense of independence, their physical capabilities. Where do I even begin with this one? <laughs> um, it, it's funny you say that because I also, just like my mom, I also used to help out kids who have what I have. And if there are, if there are kids out there who do have what, I, wh- whether they have it or not, just don't don't let others define who you are. That's pretty much that's pretty much the bottom line of my my answer to this just don't let others define you all all you have to do if you want to just whatever dream you have regardless if you have a disability or not you just got to keep being yourself man that really that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day that that's pretty much all there is if you just keep being yourself you're 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 gonna go places you really really are so that's that's for a younger generation today especially in a world where we all need more more kindness now than ever. If they just continue to be themselves, everybody's going to be going a lot of places. You said that so incredibly beautifully. Really, that was absolutely beautiful. So let me follow up with the question I just asked with this one, and that's what advice would you give to these children if they are currently in the act of being bullied? Whether it's maybe they tell a trusted adult or maybe they stand up for themselves in that moment, what would you tell them? I would tell them a little bit of both, uh, but it depends on how bad it is, really. If they're just, if it's to the point where they're just, you know, constantly being poked fun at every single day of the week, you know, there comes a point where you got to stand up for yourself and say, hey, this is not okay. I don't appreciate the way you are treating me. And you're making the other people around me uncomfortable with the way that you're treating me. And I don't appreciate that. So that's one. Number two, if it gets to the point where, and God, please, I hope this doesn't happen. But if it gets to the point where, God forbid, you get beat up for some unknown reason. And again, I hope that doesn't happen. But if it does, then that's the point where I would say, go get help. And I cannot, cannot trust that enough, whether it be from a therapist, from your parents, hey, a school principal could help you. And I could definitely, I can definitely vouch for that because my, my former principal at elementary school, who unfortunately passed away a few weeks ago from a battle with leukemia, he, um, he was basically my mentor throughout elementary school. He helped me get through elementary school. If, if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't be as far in life as I am today. So I'm very thankful to him for that. 
First of all, I would like to say on behalf of myself, my family, all my listeners, as well as my organization of Miss International, we are so sorry for the loss of someone who was so incredibly special in your life and helped pave the way for you to overcome your battle against your bullies. I know that that must be a very difficult time for you to really cope with that. And so, you know, personally for me, I'm always here for you. Thank you. Whenever you need to talk. And the other point I wanted to bring up, and I thought it was very interesting you brought it up, is talking about these young children standing up for themselves against Mm -hmm. their bullies. But the one thing that I thought was extremely interesting is how you said, well, you're making the other people who are around here feel uncomfortable. The role of the bystander in a bullying situation is not talked about very often. Mm. It's not talked about very often. And there's so much research that is offered through Pacers National Bullying Prevention Center, Stomp Out Bullying, Stanford Mind, so many amazing anti-bullying organizations out there that really help you to appropriately define the role of a bystander. The one catchphrase that they tend to use very often, which I personally love, is rather than being a bystander, become an upstander. Interesting. I, I, I honestly don't think I've ever heard that term before. That's, that's very interesting. Yes, I really love that term so much because if you basically switch up and stand, like those parts of the word, you get stand up. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it literally took me just now to figure that out. Jeez, wow. No, that, 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 that's seriously amazing, though. I actually really like that. Yes, me too. So it's one of my go-to terms that I use whenever I'm asked about that, like what students can do if they're in the background of a bullying situation. And so I, I totally agree with what you're saying that it does make people feel uncomfortable in the background, but those bystanders, it's so, so critical for them to learn how to become upstanders too. Absolutely. You, you couldn't have said that any better. I, I honestly wish I would have, I wish I would have learned that earlier, but I, 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 I really do appreciate you saying that in all seriousness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, this is right now, as we're talking, this is a huge learning environment for the both of us. I'm learning so much more about Asperger syndrome, which is now autism spectrum disorder. I learned about right. that. You're learning a little bit more about bullying. And yes. And my listeners are learning a lot more about both. And that's a really amazing thing about this podcast is that it's a really great learning environment, not just for the interviewer, but also the interviewee and the listeners. 100% couldn't agree with you more. The other question that I'd like to ask you today is, do you believe that your school had enough resources for you when you were being bullied for your disability? Honestly, no, I don't. I really wish they could have done more. There were a couple of teachers that helped me out, which was fantastic. That really helped me a ton. But I, I, wish, I wish my schools could have done more. I wish there could have been, you know, like a, a bullying prevention type of program or something like that. Or if, if there was a program for bullies themselves, heck, that would have been a lot helpful. So I wish there could have been more. And, you know, I'm, I, as I'm starting to see that there are more programs being implemented today, it, it really it, it really does mean a lot to know that, especially with Stop Out Bullying, which I know you are a huge, huge advocate of. And actually, I am too. I actually love, I love that program. 
but I, I just wish, I wish schools would have something like that, especially back in my day. It, it really would have helped not, not just me, but anybody else who was in my position. Very true. And Stomp Out Bullying is an incredible, incredible organization. And I am so sorry that your school didn't have enough resources for you to really help you through those really difficult times. But you know what? If you look today at the kinds of laws that have been passed, not just on a national level, but also on a statewide level, especially here in the state of New Jersey, it's Mm -hmm. so wonderful the role that the government has taken to really, really help victims of bullying. And the one law that I think about in particular with the state of New Jersey is called the HIV law. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, that, 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 I think I've heard that once or twice before. It definitely rings a bell. Yes. So HIP stands for harassment, intimidation, and bullying. So yes. this law was passed to help victims of bullying in the state of New Jersey. It gives schools this exact protocol that they need to follow in order to figure out a solution to the individual bullying situation that is taking place. So if you look at it from a federal level, though, and I thought that this was very, very interesting when I was doing some research about this, that on the federal level, they actually have a lot of protections for victims of bullying who have a disability. Wow. Very, very interesting. I thought this was very interesting. And some of this information I was aware about growing up because Mm -hmm. I actually had a disability for the first few years of my life. I had a delay of speech. Oh, okay, okay. So having a delay of speech, I had a 504 plan in school and I also had an IEP. So Mm -hmm. I imagine that you're familiar about that as well as some of my listeners out there. What um, I, 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 I feel, sorry to interrupt you. I, I, just feel ba- I just feel bad you had to go through all that. I'm sorry. It's perfectly okay. It has helped shape me into the person I am today. And if I could go back, I wouldn't change one moment of it. There you go. That's it. That's what's important. I always make a joke that I could barely talk for the first three years of my life. And now you can't get me to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, you cannot, you cannot. But just for my listeners out there who are curious about the different kinds of laws and protections that have been passed for victims of bullying who have a disability, these include every student being entitled to a free, appropriate public education, or FAPE for short. I'm not sure if it's pronounced FAPE, so I'm just going to say FAPE and spell it out. But nonetheless, the right to a free, appropriate public education, that's written within Section 504, which I mentioned before, 504 plan, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 and Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990. If any of my listeners out there are interested in finding out more information about the federal and state laws for victims of bullying with a disability, you can go to pacer.org slash bullying slash resources. And if you go in the left-hand column, you will see a button that says students with disabilities. So let me ask you this, now that you know a little bit more about this information, and I know more about this information as well, Jimmy. So what advice would you share with parents who would not be educated about this information when they're about to sign up their children for kindergarten or just to start school in general? 
to the best of my ability, the best way I can answer it is this. And I know, I know this may be a bit of a short answer, but this is the best I can say to this one. If you're a parent out there, you, you are an advocate for your children. And if you feel that they're not being treated fairly by what you're putting them through, then you have a right to make it better for your children. So as far as, as, far as that's concerned, that's pretty much the best answer I can give. I'm sorry if it's not the best crystal clear answer, but to the best of my ability, that's pretty much what I've got. So I, again, I, I apologize, but that's, that's pretty much the best I can give. Don't apologize at all. That is very true. Parents are their biggest advocates for their children. They know their kids better than anybody else in this world. They are their biggest spokespeople when it comes to their children being treated with the dignity, with the respect, with the kindness, and with the equality to their non-disabled peers. Right. So I'd like to finish off this amazing conversation with a question that I know personally you are going to love. And that is, what is your favorite motivational quote that you have posted on your social media to help victims of bullying who have a disability? <laughs> For a minute, you had to be scared. I was like, where is this going? But no, um, <laughs> um, I actually have two for this one. One of them you mentioned before, but I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but the first one is... Uh, from someone by the name of Audrey Hepburn. And she said, the most important thing is to enjoy your life, to be happy. That's all that matters. So basically, no matter what you're going through, whether it would be bullying, you know, I know it may be a little bit tough, but the most you can do is just be happy. And remember, life can sometimes be good, no matter what or who is uh, who may be in your way, especially when you're dealing with something like bullying. So just, just be happy. That's all that matters. So that that's one of them. The other one is um, one that you actually you actually mentioned earlier, and I'm a huge advocate of. And I'm sure that you I'm sure well, actually I'm not sure you can relate to this, but it's a quote that I've lived up to ever since ever since senior year of high school. And when when I was taught this, I was like, that's actually a really really good analogy. And I never ever in a million years would have ever thought about that, but it's, it's stuck with me for the rest of my life up until now. It's pretty much, it's simple enough. Just march to your own drum, you know, and no, nobody else's but yours. You know, if, if, you, if you just continue to do that, like I said before, you're going to be going places in life. I encourage everybody out there to please look up these quotes. And Jackie, like I, I know you can relate to both of these I know they've helped you a ton as well, so you can definitely relate, but I definitely encourage everybody to look up those quotes and just, just, just enjoy life, man. That's, that's the bottom line here. I love that Audrey Hepburn quote. Believe it or not, I have <laughs> never heard of that one before. I have heard really? others of hers, but I've actually never heard of that one. And it's so simply put, but it holds so much truth. Mm. Simply enjoy life is such a wonderful feeling. And especially, I'll say from a very personal perspective, that one of my long-term mental health effects to being bullied is that I have a very difficult time with staying in the present and really enjoying life in that exact moment. I'm constantly in my head rather than really looking out and seeing the beauty of life right in front of me and all around me, taking in the sights, taking in the smells, the feelings of a simple hug. So hearing those words from Audrey Hepburn, simply enjoy life. 
that holds so much more power to it than you really think. Absolutely. I, I, I heard that quote, um, I think it's actually on a magnet that I have in my house under my refrigerator. And it, it, it's just a daily reminder to myself that I, hey, I can relate to this quote. So it definitely has stuck by me. And same with, uh, same with the other one as well. But just, just enjoy life, man. Seriously, you, you never know what can happen. And keep marching forward, marching to the beat of your own drum. That could not be any more of an appropriate quote as not only am I a drummer, as some of my listeners know, but Jimmy also is too. And Yes, I am. <laughs> and both of us being drummers has really defined our friendship. And it's also been such an incredible outlet for the both mm. of us to express ourselves in a loud way, both metaphorically and literally. <laughs> Yeah, so, 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 sometimes literally can be too literal, but <laughs> I, dig I, I digress. <laughs> continue, I'm sorry. No, don't apologize at all. Well, on that note of those two amazing quotes to end this episode, thank you so much, Jimmy, for coming onto the show. I loved our conversation that we had. It was truly amazing. You are leaving those who are going through the same pain that you went through with so much hope and so much light and so much encouragement that it will get better, that it doesn't end here. It will get better. And I know that sharing your one in five story today was very scary for you. I know it's scary to share it with the world, but I'm so proud of you for being so brave. And I'm equally as proud of you for making lemonade out of lemons by advocating for victims of bullying who have a disability. Wow. I'm <laughs> just... Just to hear that absolutely means a ton. And I, I can't thank you enough for saying that. And I can't, I can't thank you enough for, for having me on. That This is such an amazing outlet. I really, really enjoyed this. Truthfully, I, I don't feel as scared as I used to be because now I know that, you know, my, my voice deserves to be heard and yours does too. And I'm sure your audience can, can say the same thing. So th thank you so, so much. I'm really, really honored and I'm, I'm very proud to be one of your best friends. Oh, and as I'm equally as proud too. You know, I love you so much. And I just simply pray that this episode will inspire all victims of bullying, no matter their walk of life, to speak out about their one in five stories and continue to make the conversation about bullying even louder. So thank you again, Jimmy, for being my guest. Thank you again for being such a great friend to me. And most importantly, thank you for standing beside me, arm in arm, and defining that together we will go from bullied to healed. Th thank you, thank you again. This this really it, it really mean it really meant a lot for you to have me on. It, it was an honor for me, and I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you in the future. I'm really looking forward to more episodes of this podcast. I'm really, really curious to hear other stories and, uh, you know, just, just keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is amazing. Thank you so, so much. So on that note, to all of my listeners, never, ever, ever forget that together we will go from bullied to healed. And always remember that your value is more precious than the rarest jewels in the world combined. Until next time, my one in fivers. <laughs>